Hello, and welcome back to the Rainy Night Radio. I'm so happy to be able to start this podcast back up again. And after so long an intermission, I've been able to reflect on what this podcast really is, and how much I love being able to make it, and how grateful I am, both for you listeners and for all the guests that have allowed me to have these conversations that really just impact my own life and hopefully to some degree impact yours. This podcast contains really serious content. As one of the guests I have on shares stories that contain sexual assault, drug usage, and violence. And of course, if at any time this is uncomfortable for you, please step away. I hope, though, that you're able to find some relaxation in this podcast And whether it bores you enough to help you fall asleep or interests you enough to keep you well awake, I hope you find a hot beverage, a good snack, maybe a nice pet or a blanket to pull over yourself and relax as you enjoy the Rain Night Radio. special guest on the Ray Night Radio, Ronan Kimbreeze. I've been trying to get this man on for a while. Ronan, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. And this is a question I often ask people who come on this podcast, but why did you want to come on this podcast? And why the topic of forgiveness specifically? Why does it interest you? Um, well, I think I've had a very turbulent relationship with forgiveness. Um, I haven't really known how to forgive and how to forgive myself. And I've recently had a lot of transformative experiences that I think have allowed me to kind of tap into that. Um, and so when you brought up forgiveness and you know asked me to come on, I was super interested and super sick, uh, sick, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a really great answer. The first thing I love that you said is bringing up forgiveness of self because I feel like in Western society especially, but also in general, when people think of forgiveness, they often just think of forgiving others. And like a lot of the time, seeing forgiveness as a sort of tool that one gets. Like when harm's done to someone, they get some like a uh, baton to pass on to yeah. them of like, you know, the forgiveness thing. And they either like release, release it forwards um, and like through forgiveness and like until they do like they're forcing the other into like a state of guilt or something like that Yeah, but like I feel like Really what I find forgiveness to be is like sort of like a release of You know burden yeah. both on yourself and on someone else so the beauty of forgiveness as I see it is it's like conjoined release Yeah I think people really view forgiveness as like this really difficult and challenging process when I think it can be really simple. Um, I think what really often happens in what, like you were describing is that people really feel like it's 
I'm giving you this thing out of the goodness of my heart, or I refuse to give you this thing because I'm upset at you. And I think that people, what people have to understand is that a lot of forgiveness is, is for yourself. It, the ability to forgive is, is like one of the greatest strengths, I think, imaginable. Like when you no longer hold grudges or hold anger in your heart, like and you're able to forgive people, it's, it's really freeing and really um, relaxing. Um, then again, you know, I don't think forgiveness is a requirement, but I think it's a great skill to have to be able to like know when and how and to be able to in general. I see. I, I agree with that. I mean, one thing I'd love to tackle later in our podcast is like the idea of like, is forgiveness something necessary? Because of course, like some religions are like, if someone comes to you and apologizes wholeheartedly, it's your duty to forgive. I think that's right in the Torah. And it's also, um, I, I think, like, hinted at in a lot of other religions, like, um, like, Buddhism, I think to some degree it's, like, it's your duty to forgive people. And, um, what is it? I think psychism, it's also, like, you should be forgiving someone if they're, like, coming with forwards to you wholeheartedly. And in Christianity, it's, like, you don't have to forgive, but, like, you become a greater, kinder, like, whatever, all that person, if you do forgive. What I think is so great about forgiveness and why, I think, you know, we're saying it's not really a tool, but I think in a lot of ways it can be seen that way because it allows for growth in another person, allows for change. I think forgiveness is like saying to someone, hey, you made a mistake, or saying to yourself that you made a mistake, but allowing yourself to move on from that mistake and grow from it. I think a lot of the problem, I think the problem with you know, and I, I don't think it's necessary to force forgiveness on people and to, and to force yourself to forgive. But I do think the value to that is that you allow, you don't, you don't stay stagnant. Um, mm. You allow yourself to move on from something. Um, and I think that's really where forgiveness is effective. I see. One of the things I really liked you said, or I found interesting at least that you said, is how you have a turbulent relationship with forgiveness. And one thing I'm kind of wondering is how, how over time it's been shaped in one way or another, I guess, how you kind of see forgiveness, how you use forgiveness, and also how it's impacted you and your general livelihood and, I guess, your relations with other people. I mean, during this entire college process, there's, I've, I've done a lot of self-reflecting, and um, I recently found out that... Um, my grand grandfather, uh, he is in the process of passing away. Um, Sorry about that. I didn't know that. Um, it's totally fine. Um, but you know, I I really had to look at. We haven't had the greatest relationship, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I really held a grudge. I would say for a long time, and I think when I heard, I hadn't talked to him in years, and I heard about this, and I was like, wow. It kind of just changed my whole perspective on the way I viewed our relationship, the way I viewed him, the way I viewed, you know, myself. Because I was like, wow, I, this man is going to not exist anymore soon. And am I going to let our relationship and what our histor history and whatever, like, hold me down and keep me angry and upset? Or am I just going to, like, extend to him this forgiveness because at the end of the day I want to move on from this I know he wants to move on and this is in it and and I can show him kindness in his last 
you know, his last year or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I feel like death, like, pushes one forward, or, like, dramatic events push one forwards in so many ways to, like, reach certain realizations. So I think it's so incredible how, like, that affected you, I guess. How, like, um, you were able to, like, have that hear or, like, realize, I guess, he was dying. And I guess out of something that would normally be extremely negative, you were able to find something really positive to take out of it through gaining, I guess, a greater appreciation. Maybe even you didn't, like, I mean, I guess I'll ask you this, but, like, I don't know if you, like, loved him more after thinking it over, but it's more like you found, like, you found the ability to, like, find love for him, to love certain aspects of him, even if, like, as a whole, as a person, you didn't love him. Absolutely. I think I was able to understand that, you know, there were things that happened that, you know, he wasn't the greatest guy and, you know, sure, what, like, you know, whatever, we have, we have problems and, you know, I have problems with him growing up, but, um, I kind of was able to extend him, like, yeah, this love for another human, like, that, you know, he is another person that, although he makes mistakes and although he has done, you know, upsetting things, He's still a person, and he's still deserving of love and of care. And, and I, I, I saw, I started like, it wasn't just about me at that point. Mm-hmm. It was about the fact that like, you know what, I'm not gonna let this hold me back. But also, I'm going to extend caring to someone who is not gonna be here for that much longer. Let I can be empathetic. I can be kind. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I definitely feel like empathy plays such a big role in shaping forgiveness because without empathy you have no idea of like really I guess comprehending um like someone else's perspective and like realizing that you can forgive someone I guess like the way that forgiving oneself and forgiving others relates so well is because one is able to understand themselves to some degree and through like cultivating through practices like the ability to forgive oneself they can then work like on um like being empathetic and extending that love for other people through forgiving them and like i feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be a whole process of doing all that um but i guess with you did you find that you had to like forgive yourself in a lot of ways before you forgave your grandfather or do you feel like it kind of like came on directly and like i guess like they weren't specifically related and you learn to like forgive yourself in a lot of ways as a result of that or maybe like after after all that stuff happened not related to it i think i think it kind of happened at the same time i think the truth is i i think i think what really happened is i was able to access empathy i think the truth is like empathy and forgiveness go hand in hand and you can't really have one without the other Um, and so I think that, like, you know, there was just a period where I kind of was thinking about it a lot. I was thinking about, like, how do I treat other people? How do I respond to other people? How do I, you know, feel about other people? Or am I just thinking about myself? And I kind of realized that 
yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of my relationships, you know, with family, friends, just in my life, that I was kind of very focused on how it affected me. And so I kind of really just started putting myself in the shoes of other people. And I think that was when I kind of thought about my relationship to my grandfather, because I think he's probably one of the people I, I dislike the most, that I had mm. the most animosity for, um, just because of, you know, whatever. And I think I really just had to sit for a minute and think about how he was feeling and how, you know, I had a hand in whatever happened. Um, and, you know, obviously I was a kid, and obviously, you know, it, it could be considered different, but I really had to access empathy. And I think as soon as I was able to do that, and as soon as I felt some kind of empathy for his position and how he was feeling, it, it was kind of immediate. I kind of was like, this is not worth it. This, this fight, this argument, this, mm -hmm. you know, however long it's been, whatever, this doesn't matter. It just kind of paled in comparison to the, you know, my ability to feel what he was feeling. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's really great you're able to, like, reach that state of mind because I feel like so much in today's society is, like, the kind of, like, tit-for-tat mentality of, like, if someone harms me in a way, I want to harm them equally or as much as possible. And there's, like, very little desire, I guess, for the release that comes with forgiveness because anger is able like take control of someone so easily and there's also so many messages i feel like people send out of like first like oh i'll never forgive someone or this is an unforgivable thing they've done these are phrases that bet you've heard before and people yeah. say and it's like even become something like this very commonplace and like people will say like I'll never forgive you for this about something that's like a small type of conflict, you know what I mean? Well, I think or that's what cancel culture is. Cancel culture is to some level. Yeah. And also, yeah, cancel culture and just like, I feel like one of the biggest problems we face right now in humanity is disconnectedness from one another. And like, like with political conflicts in the country, and like national conflicts as well and yeah. like grouping people into certain categories where we look away from them and aren't able to empathize with them in the way we possibly could and i feel like if people were able to cultivate forgiveness in the same way you were able to that would be so incredible you know um just like release all of that how do you think people could do that? Do you think they need something like you had where it was just like some really, like I guess for your situation it was like time, like I guess you knew you only had like this much time to forgive. I think a lot of what it was is, uh, yeah, I think, and you know, not that I got lucky, but I think the situation, like, you know, the circumstances kind of pushed me that way. I mean, it was, a lot of this was over COVID, a lot of this was over quarantine. I was having a lot of, you know, I was having a lot of, problems in general, like, with, you know, life issues, just, like, during COVID, like, um, that I, so I was really thinking about these things a lot, and, I mean, I just had, that's all I had to, to, like, to do, I just had time to think, and a lot of family problems, Yeah. <laughs> so, I just kind of, like, really reflected a lot, and I think also, like, you know, um, I think with the whole college process as well, like, when I was applying, you know, you have to write this personal statement, so you just kind of are looking at yourself constantly. Mm. Like, what would I write about? What do I think about? And I think that just kind of came up, ulti like, ultimately, I just kind of ran into, into that eventually, just because I was thinking about everything. And, 
you know, when I started thinking about that, I kind of went on the roll of like, wow, wait, hold on, there's a lot more behind this. Yeah. I feel like that's what one could like most want to take away from such a long stretch of time when one's on their own is the ability to reflect. Like during COVID, hearing that you were like able to reflect on yourself and like, I guess, reflect on certain situations in your life, I feel like it's one of the greatest things you could possibly have done because when you're forced, I guess, to be alone, to be isolated, to be stuck with yourself in your own mind and the in your own like problems that you deal with. I mean, to some degree, that's a blessing, I guess. Of course, it could be like very painful at times, very difficult. But being forced to deal with all the clutter in your head and certain like weight that you carry with you. Like for example, with forgiveness, I feel like a lot of the time when someone does something harmful to you, it's a weight you have to carry around with you. And when you're alone for so much time, you're especially conscious of what weight it has, like what effect the weight has on you. So I feel like COVID is a time when especially you were able to release that weight. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I had no choice because man, I was just, we are all just stuck at home, sitting in our rooms. And like, I think that it's, it's not really, you gotta find a way to like cope with, or, or not even cope, but like overcome these things. Otherwise, it just sucks. Um, yeah. And, and also, back to what you were saying earlier about how can other people, um, you know, learn to forgive. And I think, like, you know, obviously, I don't want to preach or, like, come across as someone who, like, is on my own. But, I, like, just in my experience, it's just learning to empathize. I think that's mm. just really the first step. And I think, I don't know, I feel like that's something that our society kind of lacks right now is empathy. I think there's a lot of there's a great need for it um, right now and I think if people just start empathizing with others they'll automatically come to that yeah I couldn't agree more with that I think one of the most horrible things right now like especially considering forgiveness is like when I was talking about with like groups of people before like I feel like people when they're like grouped together in dehumanizes them it's no longer something where you can just like look someone in the face and say i see you as human just like me i'm able to forgive you when you take away like the face aspect of it and just like turn people into statistics or categories or something like that which i feel like people do a lot nowadays in terms of politics in terms of like how people feel about certain things or ideas and in terms of like I think the internet is a disaster for this as well. Mm. Like, not, there's no real interaction across the internet anymore that is like, you don't see another person's face, you don't see who they are, you don't see how they carry themselves and they talk. And so, yeah, it definitely dehumanizes them and you can kind of do whatever you want um, without feeling any emotional or moral repercussions. Mm. Um, and I think in general, yeah, just society's kind of become, we're very, we're very distant from each other. Yeah. So you don't really know how to relate and to kind of get along. Um, I think, I don't know, uh, recently, um, you know, I'm just coming, uh, I'm, a, I'm liberal, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a Democrat, and I, you know, support Biden, I guess, well, whatever. But I met um, a Trump supporter, and 
you know, obviously, I fucking hated Trump, and I hate, yeah. I hate Trump, and I was, like, kind of furious at anyone who voted for him, anyone who supported him, anyone who kind of, like, and I kind of just talked to this kid for a while, and I kind of, like, was like, oh, my God, I don't like this guy. I'm not going to like this person. I'm not going to like this person. And yeah. we actually ended up getting along really well. Yeah. And, you know, he had a different view for me, and I kind of was really initially, like, pissed off by that and put off by that. But, like, you know, I kind of understood, after talking to him for a while, I understood kind of the reasons why he would support Trump and, you know, it made sense. And although I still don't agree with it, it still kind of sucks. So, like, I was able to, like, kind of understand that and not judge him based on that, sort of. Yeah, very similar to you. In the past, I've met with people that have political opinions that are really different than mine. Or just, like, moral values, I guess, are different than mine, but much more political opinions. And one of the things I've worked on is before looking at them with a certain ends of, like, okay, this is a fact. They support all of these things. They, like, you know, you, grouping all the stuff in, taking stuff for given, I kind of look at them and think, like, what could have led to this idea? What could have led to this position? Because what I come to realize is... So much of the person I am today and the views I have are reflected by my upbringing, the yeah. people I'm around, um, the resources I have. So much of that is something that like someone else could have a completely different experience with, and it doesn't really speak to them as like the person they are at the core values. It more just speaks to them about how they're affected in a lot of ways. And yeah. I've like tried to work to overlook certain, I guess, like facts and like um certain like ways where people are like oh like all people of this political ideology are the same or all people who believe in this are the same and like you know instead of branding people in one way or like seeing someone just for one thing they did in the past i try and look at them as like more of a whole and like you know forgive both them for like certain things that I don't agree with and I think are harmful and a lot of the times also try and like forgive myself when I like assume someone is just like when I make the assumptions that I you know yeah that I think cause so much pain and um lack of empathy in the world and bringing it back to forgiving oneself I feel like one of the greatest ways people could help people out to empathize in this modern age is through self-forgiveness and cultivating like self-forgiveness practices and like because when one cultivates love for themselves it's going to be released back into the world it doesn't matter like who really they are what they believe in i i truly believe as long as someone is able to collect some love for themselves, it will just be reflected upon with others. And I feel like a lot of forgiveness is like loving oneself, recognizing, like first forgiving oneself in like certain ways, cause like you can often think when someone does something crappy to you, you can be like, I was at fault with this or like fearing the ways you were at fault. You can look at yourself and like forgive yourself for those ways or forgive yourself for being hurt by something or upset by something or especially by letting something affect you in your life like traumatic experiences a lot of the time people are like oh i feel awful that i'm letting this thing affect how i live 
And you yeah. got to forgive yourself with that. And only then, I feel like, are you able to go out and get on to forgiving other people? Absolutely. I think I have a, I have a personal experience with this um, and how, like, you know, trauma kind of makes it harder, but also is forgiveness is necessary with trauma. Um, basically, you know, this was semi-recent, but, um, uh, me and my friend were going to do some acid and we were going to go to my house and kind of have a, a trip. We had planned it for like a couple weeks. So we were just like, you know, it was going to be something light, something calm, something, you know, fun and spiritual. Um, and kind of at the last minute, my friend kind of asked if they could bring, you know, another person. And hmm. I was like, eh, you know, fuck, sure, fuck it, you know, have them, have them come over, we'll have a good time, you know, what could go wrong? Yeah, and um, of course, like, I guess looking back, you're thinking, like, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, Especially that, that drug that, like, is known for putting one in such a vulnerable place. Yeah, I would definitely say acid is one of the most volatile drugs that I've encountered personally. Um, but, you know, I, we end up going to my house um and this is before the other friend gets here and me and my friend you know take this acid you know and immediately within i would say like 30 minutes i'm feeling it and this is i think i would say this is the i've taken acid several times and this is the strongest acid i've ever felt in my entire life so i'm or i'm getting visuals within i would say yeah like 15 30 minutes and it was it was pretty insane um and you know about the time the visuals kick in this third friend comes over and um at the time they were on antidepressants and they had a lot they had a lot of things going on with their situation that was not great they were you know semi-homeless you know they were, you know, had just been in a psych ward and they'd kind of checked themselves out early. And there was a lot of things that I was unaware of during that time that made it a really bad idea for them to take acid. Mm. Like, an incredibly bad idea. Um, And so, you know, I was already kind of feeling it. My judgment was pretty, well, it wasn't too bad, but it it was not great. And so, you know, I have this, you know, I didn't know anything about them, so I... They wanted to take some and you know i have these routine questions of like hey are you on antidepressants because you know if you take acid on antidepressants you can go into this thing called you know serotonin syndrome it's just like you know complicated thing but like basically just you know there's too much serotonin in your body and you kind of go into psychosis and your brain swells hmm. and so do you know how that works by the way if you don't that's totally cool basically what antidepressants typically do like SSRIs is that they keep your serotonin from automatically flushing out of of your brain so the Mm. serotonin will build up to a certain level and and keep you happy throughout the day I see yeah and 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 so basically when you take those in combination with you know LSD which causes your body to produce a lot of serotonin you kind of go in like you you get way too much serotonin yeah um and so you know, I asked these, you know, preliminary questions, I guess. I was like, hey, are you on, you know, any antidepressants? And they said yes. And so I was like, oh, well, you can't take any. 
you can't take any LSD then because you know you can't take any acid because that's really dangerous. Mm. Um, and at the time, I didn't really know my facts because I'd never seen anything. I'd never really. All I knew was that you weren't supposed to, quote unquote. But like at the same time, you know, people say don't drink, and like also, you know, or people say don't do drugs in general, and you know that's not entirely accurate. So, um, you know, I didn't take it super seriously, and so what ended up happening is this kid managed to sneak himself some drugs, and kind of like we kind of weren't paying attention and weren't really able to stop him. Um, and at the time, I kind of was like, oh shit, this is not good. Yeah. And then, and, and you know, he, but he was fine. And, and that was the crazy thing, is he was fine for about three hours. For about three hours, we kind of were just hanging out, chopping it up, like, just chilling. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, maybe three hours was the sweet spot of when, like, the serotonin became too much in the brain, or I don't know, but... He ended up starting to freak out, and I was, I think, the most... I was ego-deathing at that point. I was so incredibly, like, far gone. Mm. Could uh, you explain the ego-death thing after this? Yeah, well, I can explain it. Ego-death is just, like, it's it's kind of like your... Who you are kind of dissolves, and, like, mm. you, you, you kind of, like, lose desire, and, like certain aspects of who you are you're kind of just like a you kind of become like an animal not exactly an animal but like something like that i see it like you lose your I it's guess, like you're just a human identity kind of yeah uh, yeah i see um and so basically i was kind of in the middle of ego deathing and this kid starts to tweak out he starts to like start you know yelling and saying like he said he kept saying that i've died and at this point, I was so incredibly, like, you know, far into the trip that mm. I kind of lost my concept of time. And so I thought that, like, oh, my God, I'm in the past, and in the future, this kid's going to die, and he's going to die right in front of me. He's going to die in my house. He's going to die. Oh, my God. And I kind of lost my mind a little bit. And so I kind of tried to get away from this kid, and I just went downstairs, and I was like, all right, I need to be by myself. I need to be far away from this. Mm. I can't deal with this. Yeah. And this kid ended up following me and like continuing to tell me this shit. So I go back upstairs to the living room and I'm kind of like trying to, I, I basically for like about 30 minutes, I'm trying to get away from this kid and then this kid keeps following me. Mm. So eventually I get away and I kind of like lock myself in my room downstairs and my, my friend and this kid are upstairs in, this, in the kitchen and I'm on FaceTime with another friend just you know, talking, just tripping my balls. Like, and try and figure out kind of what to do in this whole situation, I guess. Yeah, I was like, hey, I was on FaceTime with my friend, and I was like, hey, yeah, there's some crazy shit going on, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this call, I hear screaming upstairs. Like, just, like, like, not, like, you know how, like, people scream, or, like, like, like this is, like, blood-curdling screaming. Like, the most insane scream I've ever heard in my life. Like, just he's screaming with every bone in his body and his power. And I kind of try to ignore him, like, dude, there's no way that's actually happening. I'm probably just tripping. I'm probably just, it's probably in my head. Or, like, I tried to tune it out. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just keeps happening. And eventually Sorry, I hear a friend uh, yelling, we, Ronan, we need you to, I need you to come up here. I need help. I need mm-hmm. help. I need you to come up here. So I'm like, fuck. So I hang up the phone. Or I, I'm still on the phone, actually. I'm still on the phone. I'm on FaceTime. And I fucking run up the stairs. And I go up. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? And, I, and as soon as I walk in the kitchen, 
there are chairs and shit, you know, kind of strewn around. Mm. There's this kid is naked, having kicked around all the furniture in the in the kitchen. The tables like scratch the floors up, like everything's fucking up. everything's everywhere. Wow. And you know, there's money, you know, drugs, like fucking, you know, things just thrown around. And this kid is naked, screaming his head off. And like the second I walk in, he starts pissing everywhere. And like mm-hmm. prior to this, prior before I went downstairs and started trying to get away from this kid, I tried to help him. Yeah. I tried to like because he was losing it and I could tell he was kind of losing it. I was like, Hey, do we need to call the cops or like, do I need to help you or do you like I, I and I was you know, part of me was also trying to get him out of the house because I was like, Oh my god, he's mm. losing it and so I was like, Oh my god, this kid is actually gonna die in my house. Like, this is actually happening. This is like I'm in the present now. Like, yeah. I was in the past before and now I'm in the present, this kid's gonna die. And I'm guessing like the extreme stress of that was also amplified by being not completely sober oh, yeah. and on a drug that where like exi- if there's anxiety while you're in the process of tripping then it just gives you way more anxiety I guess yeah and the truth was he had prior to this already like tried to kill himself not tried exactly but he had taken a knife and like been like I'm gonna kill myself and we had to physically restrain him and wow all that yeah. shit and so, like, we've been dealing with this shit for hours, but I kind of tried to get away from it, and I've been like, I'm sorry, I, I can't deal with this. He tried like, to kill himself that night? Yeah, 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 prior. Like, prior before he started tripping wow. and tweaking out. that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, I walk in, and, and, and my friend is like, help me, dude, help me. Because my friend's restraining him, trying to hold him down, trying to keep him from, like, tweaking out, because his kid's like fucking, like, trying to, like, losing his mind, like, Mm -hmm. physically thrashing about, like, trying to hit my friend, trying to, like, fucking fight, trying to, like, do crazy shit. Yeah. So, I'm like, holy shit. So, I immediately go over, and I'm like, alright, what's up? And I fucking hold him down, I'm holding him down, and this kid's, like, losing his shit on me. You know, at some point, he, you know, you know, does some sexually assault kind of things, like, you you know, he does some, just fucked up shit and you know there was a point in my mind of like I just lost it I just Mm. lost it I think I just snapped and I started saying you know what and I told him this I told him I said this out loud I said you know what you said you're gonna die and now you're gonna fucking die and I started strangling this kid like choking him like I was like I'm going to kill you and you know I, I think at some level, yeah, I, I tried to kill this kid. I, I lost it, and I tried to kill him. And, you know, I was doing it. This was happening, and I was, like, he was, like, slowly passing out. And, you know, and my friend looks at me, and he's like, stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, no. And, like, I finally, like, really registered that I'm doing what I'm doing. And, like, I look at my friend. And, like, and they're looking at me, and they're just, like, they're freaking out. They're, like, terrified. And I was like, Holy shit. So I stopped, I got up, I walked away, we called EMTs, you know, they came and I was still fucking out of my mind. I tried to fight an EMT at some point. <laughs> and the EMTs were coming because of the serotonin syndrome, not because of choking him, right? No, no. I, I never there was no police report filed on me. Yeah. Um, for anything. Because honestly he was 
totally, the choking ultimately didn't hurt him in any way. He was fine. Yeah, I was just clarifying. But yeah, um, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, and I went home and, or I actually went to my friend's house after that because my home was like a complete disaster, like completely fucked up. Like there was just shit and piss and like, and, and things. And it was, it was crazy. And, you know, I really was angry for a long time after that because I was like, I was couching my like shame and like upsetness of almost having killed this kid mm. with like anger. And I was like, yeah, fuck that, you know, fuck them, fuck, fuck that whole situation. I would do it. I would do it again. You know, like, just yeah. crazy shit, crazy nonsense, like in, insane crap. And the truth is like, in reality, I, I was feeling really bad about what I'd done. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a really deep story. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I mean, one thing, like, what you're saying with the anger of just, like, saying, like, fuck this kid, he's awful, like, I do again, I feel like that's because anger is one of the easiest ways to deal with trauma and yeah. one of the easiest forms of release in terms of, like, not permanent release, but momentary release from certain things because anger gives you a means to, like escape from one emotion kind of with the stronger emotion i guess yes, yes. it's more of a sur- it's a survival emotion completely so one question i have for you when you were like angry at him directly before like you even questioned forgiveness would you say your mind state was more fragile than when you tried to begin to both one forgive him and two forgive yourself because one of the most difficult things about this situation is you not only carried the burden of feeling like you have to forgive well maybe not forgive him but you have like the trauma to deal with which like will only be released if you're able to like break it down i guess and like um either like forget it over time or find forgiveness or understanding or healing or like self-love i guess to get past it and also you have to forgive yourself so you had like so much burdens to like push through absolutely i was the truth was i was really angry in general it mm-hmm. spread into it spread into the rest of my life um you know i i got angry at my family i got angry at people on the street i was trying honestly i tried to like fight people on the street and just like you know there was one kid that i saw this kid who i didn't like that mm-hmm. i saw seen from like you know my old school that i tried to like fuck up and like i just kind of lost it i kind of went into like yeah just a state of just being angry all the time being in kind of this like rage like this underlying rage i kind of and i would snap very easily um and you know i think it, i don't know if it was my mom i don't know who kind of confronted me on it i think also i think it was also maybe at some point it was also like i talked to I talked to Haig about it. Mm. Um, and I think Haig said, dude, anyone would snap. And I kind of was like, whoa. And I kind of like looked at myself and I was like, holy shit. I'm like really just not yeah. myself like be a person who's not full of rage anymore. Like, yeah. So I kind of like in that moment, like I kind of was like, started to forgive myself and I started to say oh shit I fucked up and you know this is bad and at the same time that happened I also kind of saw this other kid as like you know wow like damn you know it sucked and he was a you know he did some bullshit to me and whatever yeah but like also like I did some bullshit to him and you know 
it sucks for both of us. And, you know, he's in, you know, I feel bad. I, I felt a lot of shame and a lot of pity. And I kind of like was able to like empathize with this other kid. And in that moment, I forgave him and I forgave myself and I kind of was able to move on. And after that, I kind of stopped, you know, it, yeah, it definitely really subverted on me. Um, mm. of, of, of anger. And yeah. Like, you know, it was definitely made it less upsetting. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. For reference, by the way, Haig is a close friend and a potential yeah. future guest on the Rainy Night Radio. <laughs> um, but everything you're saying is really incredible to hear how you can like begin to move past that over time. And I feel like in the same way, people often talk about certain like stages of dealing with death. I feel like there's certain stages of dealing with trauma and like reaching a state of forgiveness. And I feel like anger and like, um, like I guess disassociation or pushing things away is definitely one of those. And or, there's so many ways that yeah. like certain trauma can't like affect the way you act, the way you think, just like create certain moods for you. And it's only far down the line that you, I guess, can reach the beginning of what might be reflection, mindfulness, and eventually forgiveness far down the line um and one of the things i feel like is hard first in terms of like self-forgiveness is one can often push that process forwards for themselves and think oh i need to forgive them or unless i need to forgive them i need to stop letting this affect me and can also get upset at themselves how they act as a reaction of the burden of certain trauma and pain that they face because when one has like pain directed at them it usually bounces back in some way to other people around them there's a need to lash out and one of the most horrible things is as we face our own trauma and are forced to like go forwards with it affecting our character then we do certain things that make us even less um forgiving of ourselves and like hate ourselves even more i guess which is one of the most, like, horrible things that this experiment, experience can, like, cause for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, and one of my big questions, I guess, is, you know, forgiveness takes time, but I wonder how one, after some traumatic event like yours, how, how would you advise AD with it? Is there any way? Would you recommend they just let time pass and then, because that's the only way you can really start pushing towards something or do you think there's certain things they can do right after to like fast track the path towards self-forgiveness self-love and later forgiveness of others so for my tips and tricks to dealing with trauma um, (laughs) (laughs) tips and tricks for dealing with trauma (laughs) i would say that well honestly i think the process is different for everyone but i think the truth is what really helped me was talking about it Mm. i think for me i couldn't talk about it for it's not that I couldn't talk about it but like every time I talked about it I realized I was just getting pissed off and I was getting it. and that was really just disguising how you know fucking upset I was about it mm. um and I think the truth is like it sucks and it's hard to talk about things and you know don't force yourself do not force yourself to talk about it but that definitely is at least one thing that can you know help you know you feel better and you know you can get other people's support and care you know, I think feel it like when you feel loved or cared about, it makes everything better. 
and, and especially things like that. And so I think talk to people that care about you, that you know, are, will forgive you, will you know, give you support, and I think that helps. I think you know, time as well is a factor. I think also you just gotta self-reflect. You gotta like, mm. you have to kind of like take a step back and look at it and like, does this moment define you? This moment define anyone involved? This is, is this an event that is terrible and fucked up and sucks, but should it affect you for the rest of your life or should you be able to, you know, should this, should, should you, should you move on? You know, should you be stronger than this or, you know, don't let it, don't let things, you know, and, and, and it's unfair for me to say this because, you know, there's a lot of traumatic experiences that are way worse than mine mm. and, you know, way harder to overcome. But, like, you know, don't let it govern your life. Try not to because that shit sucks. And, you know, I would be, if this was still over my head today, I would be very unhappy. Um, and so I would just say, you know, I, I think, and I think forgiveness is an effective tool as well to, you know, moving on from something traumatic mm. or upset but you know all these things come with time and you know it's different for everyone and how it, how it occurs so you know you got to really give yourself space to think and to reflect and to heal yes wow I, I love everything you're saying like and thanks so much for sharing your experience with all of that absolutely one other thing I kind of want to like cover with this idea of forgiveness is like the sort of idea of like, I, I read the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Oh yeah. It's like kind of like the cliche <laughs> Buddhist <laughs> yeah. dude nowadays that everyone's reading. Um, but one of the things that he outlined in his book, which I think is like really interesting and pertains to this discussion of forgiveness is the pain body and how there's like an individual pain body and a collective pain body and how when, like, an individual pain body is, like, yourself directly, and the collective pain body is stuff like race, gender, um, like, class, like, um, just, like, all these sort of, like, large, uh, like, overarching things that are, like, somewhat a part of you, like, I guess a part of your identity, and pretty much one of the things he says is, like, with forgiveness you have these pain bodies weighing on you and it's like extremely difficult to live your life with them. And one of the hardest things is like, you can not only have your individual pain body like poked at or like yeah. sparked. He kind of like says like certain things can spark the individual pain body. There's a collective pain body in which like what I might do something to you or someone else and I might not know how much it harms them because they have, like, some collective pain body that just is sparked by some event. Yeah. Uh, same with individual pain body. Like, you could be having a crappy day and I do something. Boom. Everything, like, it harms you in a lot worse of a way than I'd even, like, intend. I guess one of the things I wonder is, like, how do you think with like trauma and all that you could also deal with like the collective pain body do you think there's a way to like over time deal with that as well not just like because i feel like the individual one is like a lot through like self-forgiveness and like um understanding like 
to love yourself, but with like collective pain body, I feel like it might be a bit different because it's so much heavier. It's a collective yeah. pain of so many people all brought together and like. I think. Yeah. I think my, you know, my individual strategy is like, one. I've removed a lot of my attachment to collective pain bodies because I think that like, you know, I, I it, it it makes me more rational in my decisions about that but I understand for a lot of people that that doesn't really make sense and that is kind of hard I you know I'm Asian and obviously like you know I have you know occasional racist encounter occasional like some bullshit about like Asian you know hate and like mm. you know, things happen but like I'm kind of disconnected from that in a way so I have less experience with it but I would say that I think a good strategy that has worked for me and that I think is can work for other people is like Take a step back, always. Like, mm. kind of reflect and kind of take a moment. Like, take a breather. Don't default to anger and don't default. I think, like, yes, there are moments to be angry and where anger is necessary and where anger is good and anger is valuable. But I think don't jump to it. Really look at what is happening. And I think also attempt, maybe, to extend empathy to the perpetrator. That doesn't mean... That you have mm. to forgive them. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to condone what they do. It doesn't mean you can't be mad at them and condemn what they do. Yeah. That just means that you give them an opportunity to have made a mistake and to have fucked up. I think in a lot of situations we assume that like, you know, they hurt us or whatever and you know, so they're wrong or bad or whatever. And I think, you know, sometimes people just make genuine mistakes or they make, say something dumb or they do something dumb or you know, and again, like that whole situation, like I'm having a crappy day, you say something, and then I just blow up. And that's not fair to you. Because ultimately, yes, I'm having a crappy day. Or yes, I have, you know, a collective pain body that you're not aware about. But you're also not aware about it. And I can't just, I don't want to, I don't, at least for me, I do not want to be the person that, you know, beats on you just be, for, for not knowing, for ignorance. I want to yeah. educate and tell you, hey, that upset me. And mm. that is not something to do or you know hey I'm having a bad day like let people know because then one you'll heal better you know you can talk to someone maybe your day will get better just having like come to a mutual understanding instead of you know you brooding about it or t t holding a grudge and also like um you know the other person can learn from that and have a learning experience and you know be more of an ally or understand that like hey you know, Tuesday is a shitty day for me. Do not fuck with me on Tuesday. Yeah. Like, you know, or this is a pain body. I'm Asian. My identity's Asian. Don't attack my Asianness. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I feel like identifying, like, where pain comes from is maybe one of the most, like, important steps to reaching release, I guess. Like, with the pain body, collective pain body, so you think, like, the best way to deal with that is just, like, looking at it and just seeing it, I guess, and saying, like, I recognize that the certain pain I face comes from this, like, collective pain by, and also, I guess, like, linked to self-forgiveness, you're, like, with myself, I understand, even though this might be a small thing when we look at it, I'm not gonna disregard this pain because it, it stems also from something else, something greater I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. I like that, I like that idea. One other thing with empathy and forgiveness, I feel like for me, I feel like everyone can forgive every anyone to some degree just for the fact that we are human beings 
and we all share certain forms of pain and difficulty, such as the fact we're all gonna die one day, and that's something we all deal with. And the fact that we have to deal with certain emotions like anger and anxiety, and the fact we all push for happiness, but that course is often like covered with obstacles that leads to pain and negative emotion. So with myself at least, I try and find at least some love for everyone else. Yeah, I think, you know, that kind of goes into what, like, what is unforgivable or not. And I think, like, I think at least I try to make, I try to see everything as forgivable before, you know, I at least try to forgive initially. And there are many times when I can't, you know, that's the truth. There are times when I can't. Mm. Um, but I, I make the effort to, and I think that, like, yeah, it's good to have the default of, you know, recognizing other people as people and having love for other people regardless of whatever, you know, is happening. And then, you know, sure, something, and then if something, you know, happens, you can, you know, change your mind, but I think it's best to have this, like, you know, default caring for others' humanity and, like, acknowledging of their humanity. Yeah, true. I love that. And would you say, like, also, in order to make sure that you don't harm others, I guess, and the way that you, like, are able to, like, empathize and forgive and, like, release stems a lot through mindfulness and looking at certain situations, I guess, like, taking things as they are. I feel like you could say, like, being present is, like, you know, somewhat of a simple way to say this, but, like, when you address each situation as it is, I feel like you're also somewhat escaping past pain bodies from the day and also able to like address each moment with like an open and new and free mind. And like what mindfulness does is you're able to reflect back on the day certain ways in which you might have harmed others and also certain ways in which others might have harmed you. And that allows you to cultivate greater kindness, greater appreciation and greater forgiveness of other people yeah that yeah absolutely i mean for me you know i used to always have trouble with this so like what i would do is i would go home whatever and you know i would always there would always be something like every day multiple things every day that i would get like really worked up about but i would go home and i would just sit down and i think about them i think through them in their entirety like in a calm way i calm myself down and i think about them and i'd be like all right what really happened here you know, what did I do? What did the other person do? What what kind of went wrong? What kind of, what is this? And I wouldn't like, and I'd be like, hey, you know, and if it wasn't my fault, and if it wasn't something that I should feel ashamed of, or I shouldn't be angry, or something I shouldn't be angry about, mm. you know, or just a misunderstanding, which it almost always was, you know, I kind of was able to move on from that. And, you know, it was really relieving because I, you know, wasn't holding this over my head. I'm like, oh my God, this whole thing happened as well education, you know, and it kind of normalized things. Um, and, and it made me happier, for sure. And I think it, I think it can make a lot of people happier if they just you know, are, you know, looking at things from a different perspective. Or just, yeah. You know, yeah. It's a happier world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I feel like that's a pretty good note to, like, almost end on. I'd love cool. to hear a last comment from you, if you have anything else to say. Um, one love. 
<laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today, Roni. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. You've said some really incredible, insightful, deep shit. <laughs> um, I'd love to have you back one day on the Rainy Night Radio, so thank you. Absolutely. And have I'd a good night. Come back. Yeah, you too. And to all you listeners, I hope you have had a pleasant evening, are able to forgive me for having taken an hour of your time, and I would love to see you back on the next episode of the Rainy Night Radio. Thank mm-hmm. you.